You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Views from the Bridge. It is your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. And boys, actually, what I realized on my way back from Philadelphia Union 2 training on Tuesday is that technically... We are the only Philadelphia Union podcast that uploads on a bi-weekly schedule. So, we could be everyone's favorite, everyone's first favorite, bi-weekly Philadelphia Union podcast. Ah, I love technicalities that put us on It's the best kind of being correct. Uh, (laughs) Hi, got ahead of myself, forgive me. Evan Vallala here, you know me. Mathematically, for most of the time, your host. Hiya, good to be seen, good to see you. Uh, the other guy that chimed in on that, Paul Katrina Jr. is here. Not senior, unfortunately, but we'll get there at some point, I'm sure. Uh, don't assume my one for children. Mm. You know, I'm more of oh, like a... I, oh, no, What? Not that you were going to become a senior. What? I did the bit where I talk about having your dad on the podcast, but you assumed that I wanted to make you a... Fu- Paul, are you okay? No, just debating. Okay. I, I have been weighing the thought of childbirth and how it affects our socioeconomic status but like um yourself oh my word no. yeah but like i'd rather just no. think about soccer at this point yep and the good news is we're gonna do that please for the love of god help me chuck booth is here and was that worse than having to watch atleti in manchester city today chuck um it it came pretty close yeah. uh yeah, that, that was a something. Mm-hmm. Sure was, sure was. Hey, good news is we're going to talk about actual soccer games that had things happen here in a minute, but I have to get to introduce Justin Ashcraft, our West Coast correspondent. I'm like, I'm not even that far west at this point. Yep. I'm actually, I'm in the, I'm in the Philadelphia Union TV marketplace, yep. Yep, yep, yep. But whatever, the, like, so but like I the can't Western watch part of it. What? I can't watch it on ESPN Plus and have to pull up philadelphiaunion.com slash live and it never works and I, it's terrible. And mm. Speaking speaking of um, ESPN Plus, because yeah. I had a fun experience where I could not watch the union on ESPN Plus on my TV, but I could watch it on ESPN Plus on my laptop in not only the same network, but in the same room of my house. Love that. Love that. Yep. Uh, speaking of being Union.com. in Get your stuff figured out. the same network, <laughs> April 2nd, Philadelphia Union 2, Charlotte FC, nil. Um, Julian Carranza scores in the first minute. The first minute? First, first minute. Yep, drumsticks. And uh, Danny Gostock in the 46th, a pretty comprehensive, I'll be honest, 2 nil win. Uh... Yeah, good good stuff. Um No Bedoya in this one. Yeah, he had a little, you know, whatever it was. Little uh, little uh, little knee action <laughs> going on. Yeah, he, oh, well, he had a me- well he had a little um Quinn Sullivan got too much hype over <laughs> the uh international break, uh-huh. so yeah. 
take take a rest. Yeah. Actually, I call it uh, since I think I am his age. About I yeah. I are the same age. Yeah. Uh, that's that's just called being thirty five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you just wake up and it's just yeah yeah. Ow. The day before in training, yeah, you're but, like, I'm not really feeling this. But it's like if we need about fifteen of those <laughs> over the course of the season well, to so make far. sure that um the kids actually get some rotation in midfield, yeah. I'm here for it. He's thirty five. It's gonna happen. Yep. Yeah. At this point, uh, they should. You know. At this point, they should just give him a punch card that, like, the tenth one, mm. he has to talk to the coach <laughs> about like missing a game. You know, yeah, like yeah, every yeah. other every other nine, it's just like, ah, cool, captain's choice. Let's go. He has so many sick days through the state, and he can't. <laughs> they're not going to cash out all of them. Yeah, because then they have yeah. to like accumulate for that at the end of the season. It's a yeah, lot of he's paperwork. Start using and... some of this PTO, you know. No. God forbid, man. Use your vacation. Mm-hmm. That's it. Absolutely, like, totally comprehensive without him. Ed, it's yeah. nice to know that that can work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about two things from this game. Mm. One, one is Charlotte's not good. They were <sighs> pretending like they were good against some not-so-good mm-hmm. teams. And the second thing that I want to talk about is Kai Wagner's left foot. That's like opposite spectrums. You've got not very yeah, good, but, and then I mean, you've got very, very, very good. I don't know about the whole Charlotte thing, though. Well, Charlotte's okay. Yep. Um, I mean, they're better than I don't, Cincy was. But so. but I yeah I I I mean I would or I is. would go to say that they but I mean they're also better than Minnesota was when they came into mm-hmm. the league. Um, which is fine. Like they. The, the the cool thing about Charlotte is they at least know what they want to do, even if it's going to kill them, as it did later in this game. Yep, 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 yep. No, uh, uh, no I, I, I think Charlotte's got some good wins. I think they have some really, really strong pieces. I just don't think your roster can be as good as it needs to be for you to be a playoff team the first year in existence. Um, I loved that the Union controlled the ball for two minutes at the beginning of the game went oh wait we can open up space gave it away where they felt comfortable giving it away and then pass pass goal like that was ridiculous i don't think i've ever seen at least on mls i don't think i've ever seen a team go no we have too much of the ball and then give it up and then score right off the first counter um so that was a real kind of like oh shit like thing you're not going to hear about on extra time sort of uh indication as to why the union are so good right now um and i i think we might want to come back to that a little bit later because i have opinions about okay. that because i've seen it on twitter for like the last week and I, i'm tired of it um they're just looking at the stats and not watching the game right uh, probably yeah um because they have the unenviable task of covering an entire league that has many many teams in it and you probably have sponsors that want you to talk about this market this whatever um yeah a, a really comprehensive win against charlotte who i think have been better than you would think just from standing outside of super park and being like well it's an expansion team um yeah I, another really solid but, win 
I think Carranza's played really well. I, Kai Wagner is still a machine. That ball was stupid good. Good on Santos for getting to it. Um, and then, yeah. Gostock's been it's, so clever. Um, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but man, Ura is due for a goal here next week, for sure. And, I mean, it's also just fun that, like, regardless of Charlie being good or not good, yeah. um, teams come to Subaru Park and turn into the worst versions of themselves. <laughs> and it's... Serious. It's, I mean, it says a lot about the atmosphere, the union, and everything. Um, and it's just great to see because in MLS, if you win your home games and draw enough of your road games, mm-hmm. then you'll come out pretty well. And that's why the union are standing as the last undefeated team in the league. Yeah, and and it like goes to the metric of is an is a team not good or are they just not good by the standard that they find themselves measured against? Because MLS, mm. the goalpost just keeps moving up. So yeah. like if you look at Charlotte's assembly, you know, as compared to really bad ones like you mentioned, then you're not like scoffing at that. You're actually you know, a bit stable, but like you said, it's the combination of the newness, the okayness, and how bad teams get when they have to face Philly in their own home. Well, when they is a recipe for disaster. I mean, it's a recipe yeah. for disaster. So you're lucky. Two nothing. It was it was lucky. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It really, really could have. Yeah. So credit in that department because not many teams are coming out with points from there i will say i guess i get yeah i mean you guys i I mean i guess i like to overstate things at the beginning and i kind of come back and whatever but i think like charlotte charlotte right now feels like a team that is based on a couple players Mm -hmm. and if a couple of those players go down or even one of those players goes down for a time Mm -hmm. they are not going to be as good as they've been so far this season and so i mean obviously that comes with time i I think that's what philly has been dealing with for the past 12 years is you know you you start out and you might have one or two good players but you have nothing behind that and now we're 12 years in and we have a team and a B team and maybe even a C team who all are pretty good and, um, you know, can, can play. And so I just like, you know, I think, I think Charlotte, no, Charlotte's not bad. Have they come in better than a lot of teams? Yeah. But that's kind of the expectation in MLS right now. Like, you know, Austin, Austin sort of did it. Um, you know, it's like, if you, if you're coming in as a brand new team, um, and especially one that's not moving up a league, you're kind of expected to come in and compete. And I think I think Charlotte's doing a good job of that. Do I think they'll make the playoffs this year? Probably not. But but they have a good basis of what they yeah, like you said, I mean they they know what they want to do. It it might kill them multiple times this year. <laughs> uh and it killed them in this game, but they know what they want to do. Um and so it's just finding all the pieces that's going to make that system work. I, I mean, this sounds like a them problem, which is just great. Sure. We does, really are does. dealing with a lot of first world problems here in <clears throat> yes. in Union World. 2.67 points per game. 
do we do um do we want to talk about what killed them yet sure oh, oh boy i love a um, murder mystery who killed them well just having so you live by playing out of the back you die by playing yeah. out of the back how about it especially when you are playing a team that arguably has two of the best pressing strikers in the game in Sergio Santos and Julian Carranza. Yeah. Um, Christian Kalina tried, tried something. Tried. Um, I mean, you can see who he was trying to pass the ball mm-hmm. to. Um, so could everyone but else. But he made it <laughs> yeah. very, very easy for Daniel Gazdag to uh, pick that off and fire it right into the net. Yeah, Daniel like, Gazdag thought he was passing it to him. <laughs> like which he man. basically did and uh yeah oof it, Not... it's it really is funny cuz it is a testament to how much curtain like praises anticipation on those passes mm-hmm. because it's ju- it's forcing them to spots and then just it's like the only pass that's available now becomes a 50-50 ball and yeah and it's like yeah. in in theory since he's required to play the ball to the only open men on his defense and not kick it long. Yep. Kalina did the right thing. Yep. Yep. But every player on the union was there to ensure that that turned wrong really quickly. It's I think the, I think the other thing and like like you said, that was definitely the nail in the coffin for sure. But I think Anytime you can get up in the first five minutes of the mm-hmm. game at home, at home mm-hmm. that's going to be real tough for the other team oh, yeah, to come back from. And, like, you saw, you see the difference between Columbus. Like, that's where you see the difference between Columbus and Charlotte. Like, Columbus figured it out in the second half. But the first 25, 30 minutes of the game, they were struggling. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, the Union couldn't put anything past them in those first 25 minutes other than Eloy Room scoring his own self. But, like, um, but I think it, you know, that's where you just see the difference between Caleb Porter and, and an experienced team like Columbus and an inexperienced team like Charlotte. Is Charlotte got down in the first five minutes of the game and just never recovered past and, that. And then Gosdog just slammed it shut. And you've already touched on the biggest issues with the union currently is that like they're doing everything they need to get ahead or at least get that goal. But I mean, even the fact that it took until the second half to put the nail in the coffin for Charlotte was just far too long. Like there were, there were chances Charlotte should have been put away early and just at least right now, this doesn't look like a team that's going to score three goals in a game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can you can see it in the future, but, like, you need to stay realistic here. There needs to be development of chemistry still. There, I know these guys have been here a while, but, like, there's key pieces that are going to be have to be rotational for this to succeed if you want to be one of the top teams coming into the playoffs. It's just the way it is. Uh, and for the segue, sometimes you get a little lucky and you have 
One of the best goalkeepers in CONCACAF decide to play volleyball and forget what to do with his hands and maybe come up with the worst howler I think I've ever seen and hopefully will ever see in my life. Because the Philadelphia Union score kind of thereabout or something in the second minute off of a Jose Martinez cross that was hit from like 33 yards on a on a no angle that should be near the net whatsoever, kind of. And Eloy Room went, yep, good enough for me. And kind of like how I feel sometimes right before I close at work, you just kind of do things so that you get to leave. And Eloy Room shoved that ball into his own net out of some kind of self-destructive tendency, I think is the only way I could I could phrase it. Um, the Columbus crew lose, the Philadelphia Union win, and then uh, we we move on. Uh, nothing really happened. Well, other than Michael Ura not hitting any of his 900 chances in the rest of that game. But the Union win, and uh, they stay on top of the uh, Eastern Conference, on top of MLS, whatever you would like, and uh, live to see another day against the team they usually have a little bit more trouble with. I, I mean, so I was sitting there waiting for the game to start, talking to my wife, and I was like, I hate these games. I hate Columbus. I hate watching games against Columbus. And this game probably wasn't as chippy as the normal Philly-Columbus games are, but it was fairly chippy. And I was really kind of bored by the 35th minute or so of just... You know, and I, I think Columbus made it interesting in the second half. Like, Zellerion started finding some space. It, yep. you know, became interesting in the second half of, you know, will Columbus get their, get a goal to tie the game? And can Philly either close the door or tie the game? But, you know, who knows? But, like, it was just, it became a little more interesting in the second half. But by the 35th minute, I was like, okay, these tackles need to stop. There's no flow to this game. I'm tired of watching. So it's it Columbus and Montreal for me that are the two teams that are just like, nope, I'm all right. Um, New England. Yep. Yeah, okay. Always the three teams. New England. Yeah. Um, but it. I mean, it's funny because yes, that Jose Martinez ball had absolutely no business ending up in the back mm-hmm. of the net, but we have seen him try so much shit. That he has no business doing. Yep. That we've earned one of those finally going. I don't in. know, Chuck. Um, I wanted him to hit one from thirty yards midway through the season that went in the give us a victory or something. You know, I didn't want this to yeah, be the he's, one. Yeah, no, he still does deserve to get his first actual union goal yep. from something absolutely ridiculous. Yep, 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 yep. Off but his like, foot. yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, for someone who shoots the ball into the river end and over. <laughs> Um, every chance that he gets, like, it was only a matter of time until the wind just caught something and did something wacky with it. Yeah. And there you go. I really have to give him credit. I, it, it It's nice to not put anything on target where you want it to go. And this one just happened to fall far, far post. Did it's... it feel a little casa to you, Paul? Yeah, totally. That that happens yeah. like every week, for sure. I mean, it, it, we have people who are like, 
like this is our half because the wind is like at our back. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, 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 you yeah, are yeah. highly overestimating this difference that's about to happen. And yet yeah. <laughs> sometimes once a game you just get someone who kicks it like a field goal and that ball just starts floating, man. It's moving. And five people the jump up for it. The and unintentional pulled hamstring ball. and yeah. dead leg and you're out. Good thing we don't have to watch that. Mm. Well, maybe. At least not uh, on TV. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this one? I mean, or or like he's getting in good space. It's only a matter of time. I think Elirum made a couple of really good saves and got lucky once or twice. So I I can't imagine that guy is scoreless for much longer, which might lead into a little bit of a conversation that I'm making us have about uh, other pundits. But um. It felt yeah, rather he... safe for a 1-0 win against Columbus. Eh, I mean, I guess, yeah, te- te- yeah. I mean, as safe as it can be, like, I'm shocked that Columbus didn't find a way to get a goal. Mm-hmm. But also, if you do kind of at least, like, the bare minimum necessary to contain Zellerand, which the Union did yep. um it's not like they have a striker that can hurt you because <laughs> uh barry and Buzardis combined to make what half an mls striker like it's well it's actually pretty bad and um i wouldn't i wouldn't be su- i mean i wouldn't be surprised actually if columbus calls up the union sooner rather than later to acquire a forward because they can have him for Darlington Nogbeck. Yeah. We we have midfielders. No no no, but, but I want does... Nogbay and Flock to be on each side of the diamond. I just but I need that, to see that, it. that that does lead into um like another minor issue that I have with this team. Sure. And that's that in games like this, Flock and Bedoya are very redundant mm-hmm. um i'm i'm kind of struggling currently because i'm trying like i'm trying to figure out like what daniel Gazdog's role actually is because he feels more like a shadow striker than yeah. an actual like midfielder and it shows yeah. because the space between martinez flog and bedoya and then the three strikers, including Gazdog, with them, is ridiculous. Grand Canyon. And, and basically, the only person who can find them is Kai Wagner. Mm-hmm. And that's just... And when you have to pass back to your left back to actually get the ball to your forwards, you have a little bit of an issue. Um, and... I know that both Flock and Bedoya have been too good to necessarily bench them, but like we're getting close to either fiddle with a slightly different formation mm. to get um, someone else out there, or you have to bench them for a more creative midfielder because um, against teams better than Columbus this will come back to hurt the union. And really, if this game was played in Columbus, it would have come back to hurt the union. I mean, checks out. 
like that can't it certainly can't be the approach going forward and you'd hope that the forward play can really help with getting those guys up the field to fill in that space quicker but he said from the beginning if that gap's just going to be there they're going to take it and it does shift things around pretty awkwardly chuck is there anyone on the team right now that does that for you well i mean the person who does it is jack mcglenn Mm. but but do you need to get (sighs) okay so so i think this is the problem that we're having is is the kids need to get minutes but i and i i think maybe this next part is is a mcglenn specific kind of problem whenever he's played substantial minutes in the midfield, he was the point of attack for other teams to try to get the ball off of us. But I don't think that's as much of an issue. No, no, no. He's, he's gotten um, better about it. And I think even when you saw it game to game last year, he, he got better about it. But I, I don't think Jim necessarily has the confidence in McLinn right now to go a full 90 and to be a little bit more expressive. Um, I think it'll get there. You, yeah. And, and I mean, and I guess that, that kind of just leads to a problem because if you don't have confidence in him and like, I'm, I know Bueno exists, mm. but I'm still not sure he does. <laughs> um, cause we're just getting to that fun situation again, where you have a very talented player who has played minutes with this team that now seems nowhere near this team. Um, but if you feel like they're not able to actually spell and help you when you need it, because I'm, I don't, because I don't think that the right side of midfield is Quinn Sullivan's best position. No. Um, It's definitely not Paxton Aronson's best position. So if you don't trust McGlynn in moments there, then you need to go out and get a midfielder. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, can I can yeah, I yeah, go for add something to this conversation? Um, I just looking at uh, uh, the upcoming schedule. Uh, the month of May has six games already on the schedule, plus two open cup rounds. Mm, well, so there's going to be oh, eight well. games in in the month of May. So I think you're going to start to see some of this rotation that you're talking about. I think it's. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think this is what you're doing, Chuck. But it's, it, it feels a bit Negadelphia to be like, hey, we got 16 out of our first 18 points and 15 out of the last 15, and well, yeah, but that, we have yeah, issues with this team. It's like, well, no, I mean that's can... definitely not what I'm doing. It's just right. that when, like, it, it's just the very minor things. Like, it is a great thing that we can talk about the fact that this team is undefeated through all of these games and uh, still has room to improve. Like yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Sure. It, it's absolutely amazing. And it's why the union are one of the odds on favorites to win the supporter shield this year. Yeah. And, sure. compla- and that's what I'm just saying. I think where it comes from with Chuck is complacency kills. If you yeah, think yeah, there's sure. not, you can always be improving even if it's by 1%. So this is just adjusting or addressing what needs to be. But Justin, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, undefeated top of the table. 
all around. Two points clear everybody else. But but May's going to be insane. Four of those games are on the road, and it's Nashville, L.A., Portland, and New England. Like, they don't mess around. This is going to be a rough month, dude. (laughs) New England does mess around a lot. I think five out of the six are on the road. That sounds about right, because there was a few too many home games. Um, I need to add to... another city to my travel guide, then. Where else are they there going go. in May? <laughs> I, I'm also... I'm very annoyed that this team is already playing Montreal again. Yeah. Just to say that. So, they're going to Nashville, going to LA. They're home against New York. They Oh, they're home against Miami, too. Uh, and then... They have to go to Portland and go to New England. Uh, and then you throw the Open Cup in there. Like, who knows where we'll end up for the Open Cup. So, like, we could end up with two more games on the road for the Open Cup. So, I mean, I think it's like you've got a chance to be on the road for yeah six out of eight games. And, and also, like, these yeah, these travel schedules are actually terrible. They because are. They're awful. You go, yeah, you go from Nashville to L.A., back to Philly, stay in Philly for one more game, then go to Portland. But then you, go from Portland to New England. And you might not because the first round of Open Cup games is between LA and New York. So you might go LA and then have a stop in Columbus or Cincinnati to play an Open Cup game. And then you <laughs> play New York. Or you play New York in New York for the Open Cup. And then you play them on the weekend for MLS play because that's the way the schedule goes. And, and then... Yeah, and then you are home against Miami. Then you go to Portland, and then between Portland and New England, that's when the second round of Open Cup games is. So if you win that first Open Cup game, you might be so between um, Portland and New England playing another away game. So Union 2 are going to Open Cup? <laughs> we just tap them I mean, in. Depending, depending who you play, it's going to be a pretty heavily rotated roster, I feel like. Shortly, one would hope so. This is not going to be a fun month for this team. Probably, not. well, I mean, but it'll be fun for the fans. A lot of, of travel Union, opportunities but, out there. But speaking of Union too, Evan. Yeah. Uh, hey, they uh, they're a thing. Fuck, it was it was nice <laughs> to see. <laughs> 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 Um, lost the F word in there, so we uh, get, you know. Oh, sorry. They are a bunch of. Well, I mean, okay. In my defense, all the seventeens were at the GA Cup, so I was I, I was cursing <laughs> in front of adults mostly. Um. Uh. No. I listen. It's it's nice to see the pipeline air quotes fleshed out again. Mm. Uh, it's nice to see a place for, you know, Riasco to sort of get integrated to the style and the kind of work his way up to wherever they want to stick him the middle of the season. It's nice for Jesus Bueno to have a place to get some minutes for McGlynn and Pax and, and the homegrown kids to get real game time do a lot of the wistful 2017-based hires in the union organization probably wish they were playing against, you know, grown-ass men every week. Yeah, probably. Um, But it's nice to see that team, by whatever name it is now, which is Philadelphia Union 2, 
exist and playing in a league and getting real minutes and having an honest to god travel schedule and and just being able to play professional soccer and to even I, I think the biggest part that we miss out on with not having that gap filled or with, with not having that gap filled was having the kids that signed their first professional contracts with that team get over the oh my god I'm professional 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 that they get when they just go straight from academy to MLS because there's definitely kids on that team right now that are still in the oh my god I'm professional yeah and which it's, is cool which is great because I would be too but yeah and they the get to do it together that's the that's the, the core first thing team isn't the place for them to get that out I don't think yeah. No, not at There's all. There's a little bit of no. a, hey, yes, you're a professional. And then it's, hey, this is the first team. That I think you can sort of get some of those jitters out, and that's why you get a Brendan Aronson, and that's why you get a Mark McKenzie, and that's why you get an Austin Trusty, and that's why you have a Jack Elliott. Um, when you have that little gap for, here's what it feels like to do these things and be a professional soccer player. Um, that being said, to not be super cynical, and I think I can be, unlike the Steel Academy kids, because they're still at the Academy, there's about five of those boys that I think are going to be names, either soon or in the next year or two. Um, I think Riasco's one, Darbo for sure, is going to be money. That kid's is, scary. I was going to say, yeah, is, well, is Darbo going to make it with this team? I mean, he was already in... Germany. Um, I don't know what his passport situation is. I have no is, idea. But it feels like there's a good chance that he never even gets to appear for the big union um, Cause before someone pays a lot of money. Good lord, he is everything you'd like out of what he is for how old he is. Um, and then, uh, oh, uh, a first that happened, I've never seen a head coach of a team pull the nets for his team. But Marlon LeBlanc, damn it, pulled the nets for the two team. And that is wild to me. I actually had half of the mind to be like, coach, you have a bunch of 17-year-olds that would be more than happy to pull those nets for you because you are the coach. But, <laughs> Yeah. No, it was it was really nice to uh honest to god I hadn't been to a training for anybody in about a year and a half. So that was nice from a personal standpoint for me. And then just to see that kind of that still exists and there's still that kind of stopgap there is uh is awesome. Sure. And then, you know, the extra time guys had to talk bad about our city, and then everyone went, "I'm mad." Um, what 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 happened? So we be Kalen Carr and, and and Matt Doyle were talking about the union, given that you know, supporter shield, sixteen points, that whole that whole thing. Initially, what I saw on my corner of Union Soccer Twitter was that. Uh, they really discredited the team and this, that, and the third, and, and all that. They, they didn't. Um, they weren't in love with the Union's wins against, uh, I guess that would have been Montreal and New York because they had CONCACAF Champions League. Um, 
Which, like, okay, sure. Um, but I think I, I think know anyone... Montreal has scored goals now, but they're still not well, good. And but I and think you look at what it took for Montreal to actually win games. Yeah. And... But uh, and then I think the thing about the Champions League with New York City is the teams that played them in the Champions League played in the real field, and we didn't, and we still beat. Uh, and then, really, the other things they said, uh, Jack Elliott's criminally underrated, and if he was an American, he'd be in the in the player pool, which, yep. That's and correct. And just the, the points per game that we're putting up right now probably isn't sustainable, which is also correct. Um, yeah, so, I mean, those are pretty valid points yeah. outside the New York one, because I'm, I'm still not, like, sure, like, that New York's... I mean, they're a good team, yep. but they're not a great team. No. Um, they got hot at the right at the right moment, and that's why they won MLS Cup. Right. I think it was like something ridiculous, like winning eleven of their last fourteen, that even got them into the playoffs. Let alone winning the cup. Um, that's why it does take a different type of team to win Supporter Shield than it does to win uh, MLS, MLS Cup. Yeah. Which I, which is why I think that the Union, even in their current form should be one of the favorites for supporter shield, but I'm definitely concerned when it comes to, can this team win MLS cup? Right. But I, yeah. I didn't think it was like this roasting of the team. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when you're on those national shows and I feel like this is not to equate any of the extra time guys with these folks, but I mean, I think that's why, you know, guys like Alexi Lawless and Taylor Twellman, you know, they overstate things to make a point, yep. I guess. Even if that's not what they really meant. That's not what they're trying to say. And that's not what they, you know. It, it, so it is what it is. And I think that that's, you know, I think that, you know, when you're on one of these shows that a lot of people listen to. Mm -hmm. uh, and even for our show, if we were just like, well, I think that's the way it goes. And. I don't really know, though, you know, like if we were just kind of like, you know, if we weren't, weren't super opinionated, just kind of like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Nobody would listen. It's not fun to listen to that. Right, it's right. more fun to listen when people are like, no, this is what I think. Yeah. But then everybody gets mad. And it's like, well, I mean, this well, is why we've also gotten comments about our show that I hate what you're saying, but I still listen because I respect you, <laughs> which, is in, which in my opinion is one of the I mean, that's one of the top like compliments that a podcast can get yes. um yeah. which definitely we appreciate all of your feedback about the show and would love to hear more um but yeah like we at least do our best to try and put some backing behind everything that we say on this show yeah. And if you disagree with us, that's fine. Like we're not, whatever. We're not the. I mean, I I, I want you to. Yeah, I'm. Not I'm, not gonna, I'm not we gonna. I'm not gonna talk with each other. You guys for disagreeing with me. It's fine. I I have people tell me that I'm wrong <laughs> consistently all the time, every day of my life. So it's it's okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Paul Catrino Jr. has disappeared. Uh, well, his um, his computer restarted oh, tragic black so, box um, for paul katrina jr yeah it's a a lengthy restart because yeah. yeah he's been out for about 10 minutes now. nice good for him good for him love to see that uh 
Let's see here. It's a bunch of teams that I don't like when we play them next, right? Yeah, Toronto and Montreal are the next two games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I, I honestly think that we will, the next time we will be recording this podcast, that the Union will still be undefeated. I'm into that. Oh, for sure. Because, like, Toronto has scored some goals, but just that team is a mess. Yeah. Um, I, like, I just don't get it. Like, they have a good forward. Everything else is, eh. And they, the Union are pretty good at um, taking advantage of those situations. And kind of and Montreal is kind of going to come in in that same vein as Charlotte was coming in like they got some good wins over bad teams mm. um and even the New York one they didn't deserve to get like again that was an absolute keeper failure mm. um with letting them get that actual winner instead of it being a draw and they will be found out playing an actual good team that knows what to do with the ball just like they were the last time that they played the union it should be pretty i mean it's not gonna be easy nothing is in this league but i don't yeah i mean those first two games in may yeah i'm not worried until we gonna yeah. come the open cup will I'm, be not, a yeah, I'm not i'm not worried <laughs> yeah i'm not worried until nashville to la yeah and then if you make it through both those games, like Evan said, you've got the Open Cup right on the back of that. So, like, that Open Cup game then really becomes a toss-up of can you win it after traveling across the country. And Also, do we get to a point that the Union are good enough that they just decide that the Open Cup doesn't matter? We might be about there. I hope not. Yeah. Well, I I should okay. I I should rephrase that to like not necessarily like the open cup doesn't matter, but it definitely ends up kind of like um, New England last year while everyone was on international break, where it was sixteen year olds and the defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. I like. I yeah. I mean, I think it's going to come to that point of like we just don't have enough pieces that are not on international duty or, or whatever mm-hmm. um but i think like i just i mean i still want a cup <laughs> i realize you know i realize the union is like we're not you know we're not silverware less anymore you know right, we have right, that right. supporter <laughs> shield um whether it's the real one or the fake one it's still in the closet somewhere um but i w- I want us to get to the point where we've won a cup. And and I I mean, I would prefer MLS Cup for sure. Yep. But if you get to the end of the season and you haven't won the MLS Cup, but you had a pretty commanding run through the Open Cup and were able to kind of rid yourself of several lost finals and all that kind of stuff, then I feel like you're, you're – like that's another step forward for the Union other than what happens the rest of the season. Um, and so I think like, I don't think it's, 
uh, yeah, I don't want the Union to put everything into the Open Cup and try to win the Open Cup and nothing else. But I also don't want us to go, okay, well, when we play an Open Cup game, we're just going to call Union 2 up and then we're going to... Mm-hmm. And we're going to rest everybody. You know, I don't yeah, want I mean, to there, do that. Yeah. That's how Darbo gets there is a, first yeah, team. There is a balance about. between the two. And you, I mean, you hope that you're playing a team in Open Cup where you can strike a good balance between playing right. the 16-year-olds and the first team and not actually playing a MLS side. Or you, you play round. against a team in the Open Cup that'll also do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what I'm more hoping is that it's a, it's an even matchup. But it's because you're playing a team that's like, okay, we're gonna put a little bit, you know, a A minus squad out there, or whatever, uh, A minus B plus squad out, and like, let's just see how our, you know, our A minus B plus squads compete against each other, you know. And that's where I'd rather that than going full like B team, you know. So it is what it is. After we get through these next two games, it's going to be a tough month, though. That's yep. that's what I'm realizing. And, and so, that's why it's great to get these points early. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I don't know that every team has eight games in May, but I'm sure there are teams that have eight games or six games or whatever in league play. And Yeah, I, mean, I, I, would ass- yeah I would assume basically everyone except the like eight teams that play during the international break is kind of in this situation, even though I've not looked at the schedule to be able to confirm this. I mean, considering at least Cincinnati's going to lose in this round of the open cup against Pittsburgh, um, <coughs> it, you know, it, uh, uh, we'll see how many MLS teams actually have a second game in the open cup. Yeah. It's actually but- fun that the union have already opened up a five point lead. Yeah, atop the Eastern Conference Seriously. over Orlando with a game in hand and six points over Red Bulls. Like that's an, actually insane. It's crazy. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think teams can improve over the season, and you can't really say anything six games into the season. But looking at the Eastern Conference right now, like, there's not another team that I'm scared of right now. Well, and just looking, I mean, looking at how the Union have performed for the last two years now prior to this one this is like the last team in the league that you want to spot points at the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. because this is usually when they struggle um and they get better as the year goes on so it's almost safe to assume that they lead the east from wire to wire yeah also go that crazy but you have evidence also the union just aren't streaky anymore. No. Like they, they, I feel like they used to be really streaky where they pull off three wins in a row, but then they lose five and it was like, Oh, that sucks. Um, and right now I just don't feel like the union are, you know, they might lose two in a row, but then they come right back with a couple wins or, you know, six, you know, seven yeah, points out of the like, next three, something like yeah, that. Worst case so will be like four draws in a row. Right. And so I feel like you're, you're just not, yeah, you just don't see those big dips in, you know, points giving away, <laughs> giving away uh, throughout the season. So if now that we're on top, we can stay consistent. Like, can we be in the top two or three all season long? Absolutely. Can we be in the top spot? I don't know. 
there's those teams that get real streaky and win five in a row and then they lose five in a row and they might overtake us for a game or two, but who knows? Well, I, I say th- that we're not streaky and we've won five in a row, but you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, and I think it's a testament to the union are, are, are put together and very sure of what they wanted to do or what team they were at the beginning of the season because they didn't have a whole lot of turnover. Um, yeah, for sure. You look at Atlanta, you look at Toronto, you look at uh, New England even, where it's either they did what? You know, Atlanta, it's like they lost one nil to Charlotte at home. Or, you know, New England looks like they're a shell of themselves defensively uh, against, you know, what was it? Uh, who, tore, who tore them apart over the weekend? Was it Toronto? I don't remember, but but whoever had really good success about against, you know, New England's backline, and you're like, oh, that's not them. The Union haven't had a that's not them performance yet this year, and that's opened up this gap in the Eastern Conference. Does it look like the West is the much better top to bottom conference this year? Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting when we start playing those teams a little bit more frequently. Um. But it, yeah, it's it's never gonna hurt anyone to have more points early. Sure. The the thing with the West too is I feel like the West more than the East, and the East have had their teams, but I feel like the West, um, and 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 some of that got shaken up this year. But I feel like the West has had teams that have had consistent presence at the top of the table. Also, they've had consistent presence of players. You know, I think about, you know, um, you know, Portland with with Valeri mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. You think about Seattle sure. and their cast of players. You think about, um, you know, L.A. since they've come into the league. They've kind of changed, but they've had a, you know, top player every year that they've been in the league pretty much. And so... I feel like they just had they've had just a consistent basis where I feel like sometimes you see a a Red Bull team drop out of you know they lose one player and they drop out of nowhere mm-hmm. you you know NYCFC has done the same thing New England kind of came on last year after being a mid table team for a multiple of years so you just don't I don't feel like we've seen that in the Eastern Conference as much and you know but the West has just been they've had more consistently good teams than than the east i think and i mean and I, and also like the the east will be fine by the end of the year because mm-hmm. like i like new york's not gonna be this bad for that long no. um new england might be but even if they are um toronto will be better when insignia comes and unfortunately they are just gonna be in a position where they'll probably be able to make playoffs off of that just because so many weird teams are in front of them. But um, like the Union, Chicago's just looking Mm -hmm. like a super stout defensive unit. Words that I never thought that I would say about the fire. That also means it's basically time to end this podcast because we're talking way too much about teams that are not the Philadelphia. (laughs) Sounds good to me, Chuck. Um, At BFTV pod, if you want to tell us that we're wrong or that you like us or that you respect us, we'll take any of those. Um, 
yeah, we'll talk to you guys after the Union get like five points out of those next two games and then uh, stay atop the East by a weird substantial number amazing. of points. And yeah, it'll be great. That would be amazing if they got five points out of this. I'd be really into that. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that I that's can't possible. do math. You've just listened to an episode of season four of Using the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTB Pod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We're also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can add a design tree at dsgntree.com slash VFTB for all of our latest merch. Or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi.com slash VFTBpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is also a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at VGN.fm. Head over there to find all kinds of soccer writing, content, and other podcasts. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.